Okay, hello. Welcome to Chatter from the Underground. When we think of the words conspiracy theory, or more specifically, conspiracy theorists, some tend to imagine the guy in his basement wearing a tinfoil hat and, you know, talking about aliens. However, quite a few more theories are centered around government intelligence, classified operations, or even occult symbolism in mass media. A good majority of these conspiracy theories are just that, theories. We can all guess and come up with theories and ideas all day long, but there have been a few of these once believed, believed outlandish theories that turned out to be absolutely true. Hello, welcome to the Chatter from the Underground podcast. My name is Jabba, and I'll be hosting this evening. My co-host and I have all done some research and found a few of these true conspiracies to share, to share and discuss together. Let's get started. Um, my co-hosts for tonight are Amber. Hello. And Mr. Bartender Nick. Hey, how you doing? All right, and I believe Amber has prepared a nice, uh, engaging subject for tonight. Uh, Amber, would you uh, like to get started with uh, what you brought to the table? All right, well, I have two of them to go over tonight, but we're going to start with the Tuskegee study of untreated syphilis in the Negro male, which is better known as the Tuskegee experiment or the Tuskegee syphilis study. Uh, this was a study conducted starting in 1932 by the United States Public Health Service and the CDC on a group of nearly 400 African-American men with syphilis. Uh, some of them did not start with syphilis. It was injected into them. Uh, and the whole purpose of this study was to observe the effects of the disease when it was untreated. So it looks like by the end of the study, medical advancements meant that it was entirely treatable. The men were never informed of the nature of the experiment, and more than 100 of them died as a result. So this was back when? What, what was the years? Uh, it started in 1932. The study officially ended in 1972. However, the men and their families are still being provided medical care uh, as a result of the study. And in 1997, President Clinton uh, issued a formal apology to the group. Oh, wow. And it was only conducted on, on, on black males starting in 1932, you said? Yes. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm seeing 399, which is already an odd number. Uh, makes you wonder, probably 400 already. Something started off with uh, one bringing down to 399. So um, according to the CDC, uh, and this is word for word off of the CDC website, the study initially involved 600 black men, 399 with syphilis, 201 who did not have the disease. Uh, participants' informed consent was not collected, and researchers told the men that they were being treated for bad blood, a local term used to describe several ailments, including syphilis, anemia, and fatigue. Jesus, were they told that they had demons in their blood, too, for crying out loud? Good Lord, man. Uh, it would not surprise me. I mean, 1932, they believed a lot of stuff that we know the medical explanations for now. 
Well, that was definitely, they did it. Of course they used black males in the, uh, in that time because they were like, well, they're, uh, we can, we can, we can lose them. It wouldn't hurt anybody. They're thinking at the time. And even, even then though, there's much racism as it was, was, was involved in that. They could not have possibly realized, okay, well, if we do it only on one particular ethnic, ethnic group, it may not affect everybody. Doesn't and sadly, you're absolutely right. When we're seeing the uh, we are seeing the repercussions of this uh, with uh, relationships between African Americans and healthcare providers, and uh, we even just seen it. Uh, you know, the more healthcare providers do this kind of thing to uh, anybody, black, white, purple, uh, anybody, it's going to cause ripples, including the hesitancy towards medical research and vaccination, and we just saw that. Absolutely, and I think. Uh, See, it's just so weird because even even with with certain ethnicities, like okay, for example, um, I have to give an example. My 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 son, my middle child, he's he's thirteen now, and he was a whole month uh, premature. My wife actually had to take some something called breathine, which is now banned. That's a whole other story. But he was he was he had she had to take breathine to keep her from going into premature labor, and he was still born a month early. But see, where I'm Hispanic. They said that because he's only only Hispanic and black males are stronger. If he'd have been white, a white female, his chances of actually being healthy, being born a whole month early, were much lower. So I don't I don't understand why an ethnic group would have more have a higher chance of survival or not having major issues being born. It's, 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 that's what I'm talking about. If they, why even with the racism that ridiculous amount of racism when they had to start that with only on black people or black men I specifically did they not realize hey not every single ethnic group not every single race is going to react the same we can't base everything on 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 just one small you know group that's just ridiculous i i think part of what we need to remember in this case is back then um, African Americans were not considered to be entirely human. This was still in the time of segregation shortly after slavery ended. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, do they believe that, okay, for, if they didn't think that African American were human, you know, then how would they think that any, any, any data and statistics from finding out what happened in the experiment, how would it apply to other people? Their thinking is completely barbaric. <laughs> like, it doesn't even make any sense. Even back from 1932, that's just crazy. It really is. Like, it, it is extremely disturbing the fact that not only were these people not told the nature of the study, what they were being injected with, or the fact that they weren't actually being treated, um, but they were never even asked for consent. No, they probably didn't have this to. This just happened. No, know. but if it had been a white male, you know, they would have raised hell as soon as somebody realized that they hadn't been consent. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. That's true. I don't know. I just, like I said, even if, if racism had not been a factor in this or the fact that, you know, slaves, things like that, why? Why would they not think ahead of maybe... You know, a white woman wouldn't have the same reaction as a large black man or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It just it, it doesn't make sense. But it, it really doesn't. 
This is my I, two I think, yeah, I think what makes it even more disturbing is that even though the study started in 1932, by 1943, before the end of World War II, penicillin was being widely used to treat syphilis and was easily available. Not a single participant of the study was offered the treatment. Oh. Yeah, I'm seeing the word deliberate. I'm here. They were deliberately kept infected. Yes. So they wanted to see what would happen long term if they continued to have the disease. Wow. Yeah. Um, and That's not just crazy. that, but needless to say, because they weren't treated, it spread to their wives, their children, their friends. Yeah, their descendants. You know. Yeah. It would eventually, yeah, just keep going down the line. Good Lord. They could be. Which is why. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Their their children and great grandchildren even are still being treated and cared for medically by the government because this was so poorly handled. Yeah, it was probably ingrained in the freaking DNA by this point. Good lord, man. I don't know, man. That's just <laughs> that's insane. I just I, I start to wonder, like, you know, cons considering this this start off off as a conspiracy theory that obviously turned out to be absolutely true, but who? I would like to find out. It'd be kind of interesting to find out who decided to bring this up. Where, where, where would the, where did the original conspiracy theory come from? Who brought it up? You know what I'm saying? Someone had to, had to have made a big enough noise about it to get a bunch of other people thinking to make people finally, just, you know, disclose. Oh yeah, we were doing this. Sorry, our bad. So the, the disclosure came in 1972. Um, it was actually an Associated Press story that was published about the study. That's how they found out it was true. I wonder who brought it up yeah. in the first place. I bet it was a scientist that was working on it that might have felt bad about it by that point. I don't know. It's a little bit of an information I mean, slip. 40 years later, you, there's no guarantee that the original scientists were even still alive, good especially point. after several wars. Very good point. Yeah, we just hit the 50th anniversary two years ago, and uh, there wasn't exactly... A lot of uh, information brought out that didn't seem like much. Uh, I, I think it all traces back to uh, the big question. Is it a lot of people are still asking, is the study's aim for uh, sterilization, which it all points to? And that's what I think a lot of these came down to. I think that actually answers a huge question as to why wouldn't they have stopped this uh, study? Because that was the study, because they were still doing the study. They wouldn't end it with the penicillin because... I would have put half their study off to the blocks. And uh, oh, yeah. the one thing the U.S. is great for it is uh, studying things like this to the T. So what exactly does the disease of syphilis do to you? Um, that is a really good question. Let me pull up the actual. Yeah, caused uh, by bacteria, spreads through sexual contact, starts as a sore throat that often painless, and or sorry, starts as a sore that's often painless and typically appears in the genitals, rectum, or mouth. Syphilis spreads from person to person through direct contact with these sores, can also be passed to a baby during pregnancy and childbirth, and sometimes through breastfeeding. Well, does that sound almost similar, except not being as serious as like HIV? Like the way it's contra contracted to other people? Checks the uh, boxes. It is a sexually transmitted disease. That's insane. So all these... So it basically is a form of HIV. Damn. <laughs> and they just and gave it to people all willy-nilly. 
you know, the treatment without uh, simple, a simple uh, penicillin shot, uh, yeah, can cure it, and that's cure, uh, not just treat. However, uh, without treatment, syphilis can damage the heart, brain, or other organs. It can become life-threatening. Oh, wow. There are four stages. Really? Um, yeah. So the primary stage presents with a single uh, skin ulceration. Uh, very similar to tuberculosis, actually. Interesting. Um, in secondary syphilis, a rash occurs. Um, sometimes on the palms of the hands or the soles of the feet, which sounds incredibly uncomfortable. Oh, absolutely. Um, but there's also sores in the mouth or on the genitals. Um, the latent stage, which can last for years, there are no symptoms. So like somebody who's gets cold sores now, you get one sore every couple of years, every three or four years in my case. Um, but it's still there. Oh, wow. And then, uh, so it's, yeah, like, tertiary, like herpes. Yeah. Uh, tertiary is where it becomes deadly. Uh, there are soft cancerous growths, but there are also neurological problems and heart symptoms. And that's where the difference is. It's not, it's not like HIV, I'm sorry, HIV, which attacks your immune system. This one just attacks your, your major systems in your body. Holy crap. I'm just like, here, this, and unfortunately, this the symptoms are so similar to other diseases that they don't always realize it's syphilis without extensive testing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's an absolutely, uh, that's just a gargantuanly horrible, horrible theory that wish I got it state of theory and not just, uh, didn't actually turn out to be true. That's horrible. What was that? Um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm looking at some of the numbers here as recently as 2015. 45.4 million people had syphilis infections. Uh, Six million of those were new cases. And it caused about 107,000 deaths. Wow. I'm actually curious, how many of those were African-American descent? Does it say? Um, it does not say. That is a curious one because if they injected, you know, what, almost a thousand or I'm sorry, 500 people? 600. Jesus, man. Yeah. I mean, because how many descendants from, from that? You know what I'm saying? Over 60, 70 years. You know what I'm saying? From 1932 on. How many descendants still have it? You know what I'm saying? Um, It is hard to say. As of right now, there are no living wives or widows. The final uh, participants of the study are no longer with us. Um. Yeah, I wouldn't say so. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So in 1995, the medical program was expanded. Uh, the last study participant passed away in January of 2004. The last widow passed away in January of 2009. And there are 10 children remaining. They kept up with it this long? So they still had, they're still watching the people, their descendants. Or, I mean, yes. or, yeah, they're still watching them even into the 2000s? Good Lord. Um, 
they That's are it. all of these people are still receiving medical care and benefits. Well, that was the. Uh, that's where I was hoping that by keeping track, at least there was a slight uh, silver lining that they're at least receiving some sort of compensation and uh, their family and so on. Uh, hopefully, because there's thousands and thousands out there who uh, aren't, whose names and whose uh, studies we'll never hear about, who will never receive a penny. Yeah, wow. it, it is a uh, poor ret- uh, retribution for this, but... In 1973, there was a class action lawsuit filed on behalf of study participants and their families that resulted in a $10 million out-of-court settlement. But $10 million spread between 600 families. Oh, yeah, that's nothing. Not a lot of money. No, not at all. They all got, what, 100 grand a piece, a couple hundred grand maybe, after taxes and all that other bullshit? Even in 1974, there's no way any of that money is left. Well, I mean, I'm going to do the math real quick. Just out of curiosity, you said ten million. Uh, yes, ten million divided by six hundred between six hundred families. It's less than seventeen thousand dollars. That's not enough for one person's medical bills for a year. Um, the good news is they are not paying for their medical care. Medical care and benefits are all being paid for by the United States government. Good. Well, at least they all got new cars. <laughs> That's pretty much all that was. Right. To bring them um, to their medical treatments. <laughs> exactly. They all got a new car to dr- to drive them to the, to the doctor. Exactly. Like, it's like, well, all you guys with uh, syphilis, we got good news and bad news. We uh, got to go to the hospital, but uh, you're going to do it in style with <laughs> your new wheels. They all got brand new Pontiacs and Cadillacs. Jesus Christ. All right. Honestly, most of them probably couldn't drive. They were too far poor, off. illiterate sharecroppers from the most part. Oh, that's true too, huh? Ooh. Um, yeah, Tuskegee, Alabama is an area that historically was African-American. Um, on a historical note, uh, it is also the home of the Tuskegee Airmen, the first all-black uh, air wing. Oh, nice. Many of them were part of the study. Okay, so not so nice. <laughs> they probably they yeah. had, probably had a really nice uh, career for a short time. For their oh, all the their ones symptoms. who survived. The what? Uh, many of them were sent to war. Oh, true. It reminds me of a freaking uh, South Park episode. Don't you guys remember that one where they they went to war and they had Project Human Shield? Oh, yes, that's uh, that's from the movie. That's from uh, the Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, yeah. the South Park movie. Big fan, big fan, yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was really messed Oper- up here. Yeah. Operation Human Shield, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well. Chef, Chef I was part of them. Uh, a, big, <laughs> uh, a big psychologist, which is uh, definitely uh, down the road, uh, something that will definitely come up, I'm sure. But uh, that episode we'll be watching over both our shoulders, I think. <laughs> All right. Well, Amber, you uh, what was your other uh, subject you researched for us? Uh, so the other subject we have lined up is the Gulf of Tonkin incident, and ah. this one is uh, this one's a doozy. Oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so the Gulf of Tonkin incident took place uh, between October. August 2nd and August 4th, 1964. Uh, This was before the United States had entered the Vietnam War. 
I'm sorry? Now, the... Sorry, one second. I am just confirming a piece of information. Um, so the Gulf of Tonkin incident is not the same thing as the Tonkin affair. Um, but I never heard of the Tonkin affair, so that's a didn't know about that. I have to look that one up myself too. I I will have to look it up. That is just a side note on the article. Um, but it looks like the Tonkin affair took place significantly before this. Ah. So, so what was what was the conspiracy surrounding the Tonkin incident? On August 2nd, 1964, United States forces were carrying out covert amphibious operations in northern Vietnamese territorial waters. Uh, specifically, this was the destroyer, the USS Maddox. Uh, while it was performing signals intelligence patrols, uh, it was approached by three. North Vietnamese torpedo boats and it fired warning shots. The torpedo Probably boats did or, or the Maddox did? The Maddox did. Oh, okay. Three torpedo boats. The smartest thing for a ship that was not currently involved. Probably not. Um, so there was a short engagement. Uh, one U.S. aircraft was damaged. Three Torpedo boats were damaged, and four North Vietnamese sailors were killed. Six more were wounded. There were no U.S. casualties on August 2nd. Uh, the Maddox retreated temporarily. On August 3rd, the destroyer, the USS Turner Joy, joined the Maddox, and the two of them continued the mission. On the evening of August 4th, Wait, the so ships opened fire. What was the mission? Uh, so it was signals intelligence patrol. Um, basically, they were scanning for and trying to intercept messages. Oh, I see. They were trying. Okay, they, it was intelligence gathering. Okay, trying to trying to intercept you know chatter from like the uh, Vietnam. Gotcha. Yes. Um, Understood. The, yeah, at that point in time, the Vietnam War was already going on. Uh, but, and this is the moment where the U.S. joined the Vietnam War. Uh, the commander of the Maddox, uh, Captain John Herrick, reported that the ships were being attacked on August 4th. Uh, there were no North Vietnamese boats in the area. Um, they replied later that it had been an error of communications, but the Johnson administration uh, decided that they were going to release the wrong information, state that the Maddox had in fact been attacked, and the National Security Agency made uh, an announcement. This was basically the event that was used to propel the U.S. into the Vietnam War on the side of the South Vietnamese. That was a catalyst they used to enter the war and have the backing of the of the uh, of the 
the American public. I believe uh, I believe the uh, name of there were some ships. Uh, I believe the name was the SS False Flag. I believe. Hmm. So that okay. So the, the so the conspiracy essentially was that they went to war. They used this. Re, they used this reasoning, but it never actually happened. Correct. I love how, gotcha. and I love how, and then when they, and then when they get to Lyndon B. Johnson, they go, "Hey, by the way, uh, this never happened." He goes. Uh, now you know what? This conversation never happened. <laughs> He's Pretty like, no, much. No, no. Uh, that's interesting. A lot of conversations not happening. A lot of things not happening to make a war happen. A lot yeah. of things got to happen for things not to happen. Exactly. I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out. Like, obviously, the whole thing was political. I mean, that's that's just a given. That was. It was used to, for political gain because you don't use. You don't try to get the 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 public, you know, the public opinion, like the, the American public to be on your side to go to war just because that doesn't, uh, to go to those, that many efforts just to, to, just to, just to go to war whenever you didn't need to. That sounds pretty, I wonder what their real intentions were. Well, it does seem uh, like Lyndon Johnson was pretty uh, against, and rightfully so. They were they were trying to stave off uh, communism from spreading down through Vietnam. Right? It wasn't the whole whole point of the uh, war in Vietnam. So, you know, it looks like he was grasping on. That's one thing I'll always say about false flags. Uh, whenever they come up with false flags, they really do a poor job of covering it up. And it seems like the exact same thing that just happened here then happens is generally a robusted. Well, uh, we can't uh, put the toothpaste back in the tube. Well, let's go to war. You know, it's, it's, we already we already started up the tanks. Uh, you know, uh, Colonel's already uh, got the map. Uh, let's just go ahead and go with it. All right, and <laughs> it sort of seems like what they did, right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's insane. That's uh, all about legal justification. It's it's crazy. They have to put on this. It's a uh, you know to uh, you have to put a song and dance on. It's almost like uh, you know, hey, we want to go to war in uh, Vietnam and uh, we want to prevent the spread of uh, communism. Here's some charts. What do you think, Congress? Like, no, we don't <laughs> think so. But if they put on a little song and dance and make up a little something, it's all of a sudden that uh, hey, look guys, look what's happening here. You know, they, they throw a newspaper in Congress and all of a sudden it's like. Yeah, you know what? It's, uh, it totally makes sense. It's, uh, you know, it's, it almost makes too much sense. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I, I'm just still curious about their motivations. What was the point? I never understood everything I read. I never understood why we went to war with, with Vietnam in the first place. Unless it was just, you um, know, it didn't ever make sense. It, it doesn't. And, this was at the very beginning of Johnson's term. Kennedy had already been pulling out. They had been removing our people from Vietnam entirely. And suddenly Johnson goes in and decides that, no, we're going to completely reverse all of that now that Kennedy is dead and we're fighting. When before that, they were only advisors. Hmm. Do you think maybe it was a way to get himself reelected for another term? Or to keep himself in term because we were at war? Uh, either of those is possible, but it was the very beginning of Johnson's term. So it doesn't make sense. 
if we're looking at using war as a way of re-election. That's true. If it was just, you know, I'm, I, I have to think more along the lines of the second Gulf War where Bush Jr. Uh, w? Basically, yeah. You know, where all of this stuff blew up just before the end of his term. You know, because the timing on that was right around the time. You want to be visible. You want to be very public and very visibly doing things that are for the good of the people. Um, if you want people to vote for you. Well, it's so, extremely rare for a sitting president to, uh, yeah, to lose an election during a war. Uh, it's actually, you know better, I guess, you guys, but uh, I don't know if it's ever actually happened uh, mid-war where a president has... Uh, Lost a term, and uh, yeah, I know that's it. You're absolutely right. What a great reason to stay on that seat. Yeah, I'm sure Kennedy would have would have been president for a lot longer if he didn't get assassinated. That might have been why he Probably. got assassinated. It would not surprise me. Um, it out? is yeah. very possible that the two things are connected. It looks like it. When <laughs> you told me here, it sounds like it, man. Like he got assassinated, Johnson jumped in, and then immediately reversed everything Kennedy did. I'm like, uh, um, okay. Yeah, it just still goes back to the point where I was like, why did they want to be at war with Vietnam? So you said, like you said, it's at the very beginning of of, of Johnson's uh term. So obviously he wouldn't be trying to look for re-election at the beginning of his four year term. So what was the reason for wanting to go to war so badly? Badly enough that you had to fake a battle it it could have been money it could have been power it could have been favors favors that's a good one it all comes down to it hey like we're seeing that you mentioned jfk and i absolutely agree uh you're seeing two different extremes where you have lyndon johnson who was uh ready to go at war when he heard that uh, somebody bought a cap gun and uh JFK, who famously, you know, he botched that Bay of Pigs invasion that was famously from one step forward, two steps back, not totally committing to the strike. And uh, I agree that these are all probably interconnected. And uh, chatter from the underground is that these are all interlinked. So I couldn't agree more. Before we get to the bottom of this. Hmm. Very true. You know... On on that note, that might tie into one of our future episodes because we are planning on talking about MK Ultra uh, in the next few episodes, and there is a conspiracy theory about JFK's assassination having been one of the people who was involved in MK Ultra. Someone that was like a uh, uh, what one of the uh, people that was one of the. Um, like an, a secret assassin, I'm sorry, a secret assassin that was like activated to do it and didn't even realize they were doing yeah. it because it's all subconscious. Yeah. Mm. That's a very interesting theory. I like that. Um. <laughs> I can believe that. JFK was, uh, was quite the smooth spy. He managed to uh, date Marilyn Monroe while he was president in front of the whole world and uh, act like he didn't. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> he, to be fair, people kind of looked the other way when you were seeing several people back then, especially if you were a rich white male. Yeah, they and they were actually going to be going to the MK Ultra and stuff like that. They say that Marilyn Monroe was actually the very first uh, 
beta kitten. And, you know, one of the very first ones to be, you know, essentially reprogrammed into basically being a very high level uh, escort. And if you guys have ever noticed, this is completely off the subject, but if you guys have ever noticed um, how many, how many women, you know, female singers or female celebrities in the industry, in the music industry, when they start to become really, really big, like really popular and they start selling like millions of albums, they always do a Marilyn Monroe dress up photo shoot. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Oh. <laughs> I think the most recent one that I can remember was uh, Billie Eilish, who is so far gone from that kind of a like a look or that kind of persona that they literally transformed her. You know who Billie Eilish is, right? Yeah, I got to tell you, that's yeah. the last person I would have thought that would have done a tribute to uh, Marilyn yeah. Monroe, which is which is also sounds very Billie Eilish, also. So. <laughs> Except you can oh, cool. look it up; it's crazy because. Billie Eilish was just, you know, she had this look, this punk goth look type thing, you know, with, except with the green hair and whatnot. And they completely transformed her into Marilyn Monroe. I was like, holy crap. Like, <laughs> they really were pushing that for some reason. But what do I know? Hey, that's just the chatter from the underground. That's what we're all finding out. That's what we're all keeping our ears to the ground. What do you have to say, Amber? I mean, it's all connected. It's all crazy. Yeah. And even though a lot of it has been confirmed, you've got to wonder just how much of it is still out there that we haven't figured out. Exactly. Like the ones that we have confirmed and the other ones that are so similar or seem to just conveniently are connected. Like how many of the so-and-so, you know, quote-unquote real conspiracies that people are like, oh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just crazy talk. Is it though? It, like, really, is it? <laughs> like, do, the conspiracies that, that literally people that have come out as true, like actual documentation, actual government freaking, you know, files have come out, were just crazy talk back, you know, before that happened. So, how many of the ones in a 20 years, a 30 years, or 40 years, how many of the conspiracies today are going to turn out to be absolutely true? There is that. There's also the fact that a lot of the modern conspiracies are based off of things that happened in the past that were conspiracies that were proven true. Um, I know several people who are still convinced that, you know, all of these vaccines for the different diseases that we deal with, um, they're still using them as a way to inject you with something or other. Um, personally, I don't believe that. Please get vaccinated. Um, if for no other reason, then the people around you are very vulnerable. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, because of things like the Tuskegee experiment, people believe that this is still happening. Well, they, they, hell, they traumatized an entire population when they found out about it. Like, yeah, of course it's still happening. It's crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not that Absolutely. it's not that it's happening, but you know, you've got an entire generation of people that just, you know, back when it, it actually came to came to light that just found out about it, they were just horrified and just terrified, like, oh crap, what are they putting in my vaccinations? I just took one for polio or or chickenpox or whatever. What the hell could possibly be in that? You know what I'm saying? 
it's yeah it really you're absolutely great. right it's, it's you're absolutely right it's time for us to gloves are off it's time for the people who can tell us the stories of what happened 50 60 years ago the people who have journals saying i saw this i injected this i told this person about this i reported this to this person and this went to this president this went to this scientist this was mass produced this was put into the water there's only so much that can get redacted and there's only so much black marker that can cross these out. So we invite you, anybody who can ever come on, tell us uh, anything, you know, tell us anything you don't know, tell anything you think you want to tell people and everything in between. We can get uh, the chatter out there. The goal is to get chatter from the underground on out. And uh, if we can do that, then we won the battle and the war is still upon us. Uh, more than that, if you were somebody who was involved in one of these and have a story to tell, you know, email us, um, chatterfromtheunderground at gmail.com. We'll see it. We'd love to talk to you. All right. And with that, um, we plan on continuing this conversation through probably two, three, possibly four episodes, depending on how much we can come up with. But uh, next week, we will hopefully be either talking about um, the beginnings of the project uh, uh paperclip or cointel pro or both and we're going to continue this uh this subject you know you know pertaining to conspiracy theories that turn out to be true so um tune in next week uh we're going to continue this conversation but for all for now good night thanks for listening everyone see you next week everyone cheers <laughs>